Hey, a fun, a fun, um, a fun bit of trivia is that Doug Jones is playing um, the character Mac, Mac in the costume there. Do you, if you, do you know Doug Jones? Doug He's, Jones. He <laughs> Doug Jones. He's in. You mean our the IEA president from a couple of years ago? No. <laughs> <laughs> God, Ron Teeley is quite the hamburger. (laughs) (laughs) Doug Jones. Yeah, that's him. (laughs) It's Matt tonight. Doug Jones. Doug Jones. Jones. All right, should we? Yeah, have we done it? Have we talked? <laughs> Minute seventy-three. <laughs> you haven't done anything, haven't I? My work is done here. What do you mean your work is done? You didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't I? Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And today we're talking Minute 73 of Predator. You could call Minute 73 the John Hanna, Ron, Yari, Larry Allen, or Joe (laughs) Thomas of... (laughs) That's all offensive linemen, by the way. Wow. uh, Predator. All big fat guys that stand on the line. Yeah, all, yeah. all Hall of Famers with Joe Thomas being a surefire Hall of Famer in the next few years. You, you mentioned all big fat guys. Joe Thomas is totally worth checking out his story because about a year, maybe a year and a half after he retired, he just slimmed down and lost like half of his weight. Oh, it's, wow. He just looks like a normal dude walking around now. It's it's. <laughs> pretty pretty uh, interesting, I would say, seeing how much those guys go through just keeping up that regimen of being <laughs> that big and that strong. Is she a great big fat person? Was she a great big fat person? She a great big fat person. She a great big fat person. And they were. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, all right. So, oh, uh, minute 73. Sorry. I, oh, yeah. Run yeah, through, yeah, yeah, fire it off. yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're being fire person. Uh, minute 73 fire opens fire. with Anna Anna stumbling through the jungle and saying, Vamos. And ends with Dylan. 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 Turning away from the dead. Mac. 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 Toward Mac's voice saying, Anytime. Anytime. Mmm. From the mm. dead. Yeah, from Ghost the dead. Voice. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. So we get aftermath here, the, the discovery of the body. Mm. You mentioned that um, this is one of the only times that we get someone kind of wandering through the jungle uh, and then not knowing that they're looking for a dead body and coming mm-hmm. upon it. Yeah, because... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, I just said, "Poor Dylan." Yeah, yeah. Poor Dylan. And, Dylan. Uh, we can we can talk about that with the second part of the minute sure. because the first part's just a, a brief little look at what's going on with the rest of the party. 
Yeah. Should we uh, do a quick synopsis here? Sure. We could even do a, a dramatic line read if you yeah, want. Yeah, because there's some dialogue here. All right. Yeah. So we carry over from last minute. <laughs> We've got Anna on a stumbling through the bush. She yells, vamos. Vamos. We hear Poncho grunting. Dutch half kind of carries <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Half carries him behind Anna Anna and uh, Billy, still part of the group. Billy's been very quiet uh, lately, mm-hmm. but uh, he's still there uh, and he brings up the rear. Uh, we get more dialogue from Anna Anna. Uh, we'll do a little dramatic read here in a minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, she picks up Con- Ponchito's gun. Uh, Dutch stops her. And in the end, the four of them keep moving away from the camera with Billy watching from behind. Mm, nicely mm. done. Nicely done. Yes. So, should we hit this dialogue here? Because that's really what the, the, kind of the centerpiece of this section. Let's do it. I'll be Anna Anna, and you can be Dutch. Mm. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. Um, dramatic line read. Ding, ding. Vamos! Come on! Come more quickly! Hurry up! Don't leave it. He didn't kill you because you weren't armed. No sport. No sport. No sport. No sport. Nicely done. Nicely done. Don't. Don't. I love. I love the whole "don't leave it" because it's kind of like grammatically. If you take out the uh, exclamation point after "don't," it's, it's almost like he's saying, "Don't leave it. Don't leave it. Don't leave it." Right. <laughs> I said, don't leave it. I said, don't go between them. He said, go between them. So this is kind of a strange thing to me because he's telling her to to leave it. Don't pick up the gun. No sport. He didn't kill you because you weren't armed. And yet everyone else is still carrying their guns. Yes. Right? Dutch doesn't say that and then, you know, think to put down his gun. No sport. Billy's mm. carrying his along. No sport. So I don't know. It would... Makes sense to me to have as many guns as if you're going to carry guns, carry as many as possible. No sport, right? right? Or if, or if you know the rule is he doesn't attack you if you don't have guns. Just everybody throw down their guns. No sport. Put down your guns. Yeah. No sport. But the implication here is that the predator is really just toying with them, mm-hmm. and him saying no sport, no sport, uh, is really no him sport. saying he's just playing with us. He's toying with us. Without a gun, it's not as fun. No sport. Without a gun. for that to rhyme, but it did. There we go. Jeff Glover has always yeah. been known for saying, without a gun, <laughs> not as fun. That's my yearbook quote now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't put that in the yearbook. No, no. Quick <laughs> <Right. laughs> <Yeah>. fire. <laughs> it's a hard fire. <laughs> hey, don't say fire either. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's an interesting little wrinkle. Like, I don't think anybody throughout the movie has thought about that until now. It's it's almost like they're kind of, uh, I don't know, inserting a little bit of lore or canonical characteristics to the Predator here, saying mm-hmm. that he's not going to attack an unarmed being. No sport. But, I mean, it's it's I'm kind of stumbling over this right now because I'm trying to work through the logic. Um, well, that's just it. Is it's not really it's not that logical. We're trying to no. apply logic to something that doesn't really make sense. Like I understand it, the purpose of the dialogue. I think is just to give us further understanding that the predator is just fucking around with them. Like that's how powerful he is. Logically, it doesn't really quite make sense. Like they're outmatched. They're being hunted. Like 
they would want a gun, right? <laughs> hey, I, I guess the best sense I can make of it is he says he didn't kill you because you weren't armed. He's talking about a long time ago when the predator killed Hawkins right in front of her and didn't kill her. Mm. If she had been armed back then, would he have killed her? Would uh, the predator have killed Anna on? I could see that being a thing if they're battling it out or I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to kind of play the what if game here. I didn't think about that with Hawkins from earlier in the movie. So I mentions it here. I imagine. Got it. Okay. That makes, that makes a little more sense to me, but still, if they're going to have weapons, shouldn't everyone just have weapons? <laughs> right. Everybody should have weapons or nobody should have weapons. Right. Right. Think if, mm. if that's what he truly believes. No sport. Then again, without this, we wouldn't get the great line of no sport. No sport. No sport. No sport. sport. Oh, that's, that's been a season-long drop from the early <laughs> days. when. They- that's an everyday John Brisky drop, isn't it? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no sport. No sport. I knocked the pencil out of the kid's hand at school <laughs> like, ah, no sport. No sport. Huh? <laughs> what, what should you be doing in, in Dutch's eyes here? Just helping them along and they have the guns and... He still doesn't think that the predator is going to attack Anna Anna. No sport. Uh, what, did you say, did you ask what should Dutch be doing here? No. What, what is he What is he expecting Anna Anna to do here if she can't be armed? Is he just expecting her to kind of lead the way? And That's a good um, question. Maybe at this point, it's uh, you know she can maybe guide them through the jungle better than anybody else. Sure. You know? That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you know. They've kind of, with this much stress going on in the group and, and being hunted by an alien, I think the whole guise of prisoner and, uh, you know, prisoner keepers is, is out the window and they're all just trying to survive together now. So right. you know, her, her role, uh, I assume, so if she doesn't have a weapon, is just to try to get them out of there, get them to the chopper as quickly as possible. Get to the chopper! Oh, I was just re-watching this scene over and over. I love how low... Uh, um, Poncho is hanging off of that chair as he's dragging him along in the jungle. Like he is at one point, his head is down like below Dutch's waist (laughs) as he's just dragging him through the jungle floor. Well, I think he's leaning especially low too to pick up the gun that he told Anna Anna not to pick up. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Because later on, when spoiler alert, Ponchito's taken out with that. Headshot. Headshot. Uh, he, he does have his MP5 back at his side. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Maybe Dutch just wanted Poncho to have the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Dutch just wanted, to, yeah, like another target by his side to be kind of a human shield. Right. He's like, don't pick it up, Anna. Anna. Ponchito, you can take two guns. <laughs> Stand out front. <laughs> just just a little easy human shield, a little bit, you know, easy collateral. Thanks, Anna Anna. Maybe Dutch is trying to protect Anna Anna. If he knows that she wasn't killed, if he theorizes that she wasn't killed because she wasn't armed, maybe she'll survive if she remains unarmed. No sport. Yeah, yeah. Well, should we transition here to the second part? Because this is, I think, the the most interesting part of this minute and also kind of kicks off a longer sequence that's going to go on for the next couple minutes. Yeah, like Um, a really, really, really long – well – Compared to everything else in the movie, a very long, drawn-out death scene. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll be talking about it for a, a couple episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's also a, a, a section of the movie that I like a lot. 
um, and really kind of emphasizes the transition to horror movie. So should I take us through here, the, the second half synopsis? Sure, take us through. Okay, so uh, second part, starting around second 18, we uh, cut away from the group and back to Dylan. 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 Who jumps down into frame. Now he is, uh, remember, following Mac and Mac, Mac. and uh, is, is currently searching for him. Um, so he's kind of squat, walks through the bush, uh, first sort of kind of towards us, towards the camera, Badass and then away. Badass bush. Badass bush. Badass bush. Um, pauses and uh, thinks he hears something. We get a little Mac out of him. We, we cut to an extreme close-up camera kind of angles uh, of his face. And then quietly again, we hear Mac. And the camera then, in an angled way, kind of zooms into Mac's face. Or excuse me, so we, we cut away from Dylan, and now we see Mac's cadaver. His head sort of bent over mm. backwards over this log, upside down. And the camera starts zooming in. Um, and in a very creepy way, Mac's eyes are kind of staring right at us in the camera. We assume this is him staring oh. kind of right at Dylan. It is so creepy. Yeah. Quickly yes. cut back to Dylan's face, and we get this kind of uh, sort of dreamlike voice of Mac saying, Anytime. Anytime. And that brings anytime. us to a close. Anytime. Oh, and Dylan oh. spins around to face the right. anytime yeah. voice. He twirls. And then we cut. Telling us that he's hearing this voice behind him, not in front of him, right, not in Max's right. direction. He's just hearing it in the jungle. Yeah. Or in his head, mm-hmm. maybe. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So uh, this is the point when uh, Dylan discovers Max's body. And what do you think of all the kind of camera work that's happening in this section? Uh, well, I am a big fan. It's it's like you said, it's taking a horror quality, um, not even necessarily with the content of the movie the movie is pretty much the same content of the predator killing everybody one by one and at first at least leaving their body there but the way it's shot and the way this score is kicking in here is definitely like you said playing to that horror mm-hmm. genre uh, with uh, with that classic classic trope of finding uh, the body because so far when Hawkins was killed they found like the remains they never found the body did you find Hawkins I I can't tell. When Blaine was killed, the body was right there the whole time. There was no mystery where that was. Blaine. With Mac, he is a unique death in that Dylan fully thinks he's still alive, still, still fully thinks he's, I was going to say kicking, that's a bad use of word there, but <laughs> he, was, he was kicking for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it's... It's, it's playing to that horror trope of not being able to, or of one of the characters not knowing that they're about to discover uh, a dead character and, and it zooms in to Mac's face. And that is just ultra, ultra spooky. If you freeze frame on that, where Mac's dead eyes are staring, like you said, right back at Dylan, almost, almost like in a, a blaming way. The, the camera angle thing is a very uh, kind of classic horror movie trope to right before something bad happens or to give the impression that something feels out of whack or not quite right. <laughs> you will see this all the time in horror films where the camera will be tilted to the side and it, and it's just mm. intended to give the impression, like I said, that something's not quite on the level, not quite right. Um, 
on the level. So that's clearly what they're doing here. Like that tilted camera, before we even discover the body, the tilted camera indicates to us that that Dylan is feeling out of sorts or something not quite right is going to happen soon. Oh, I say we're going to get a lot of that tilted camera work in this kind of drawn out sequence with Dylan as we kind of look forward to the next couple of minutes. We, we, and we've referenced the Spielberg face a lot uh, this time around. This is the first time that Spielberg face is, is showing the fate of one of the characters we've known throughout the whole movie. Uh, so it, it's, it's, it's a unique look. Even before that, backtrack um, to the, the handheld camera shot where it's sneaking up on Dylan before it kind of uh, tilt zooms into his face yeah. with the extreme close-up. Um, it, it gives you the impression that something is following him. Uh, you can even see like the camera at about second 39 kind mm, of moving right. through the foliage and it's pushing the branches away. And uh, in a way that's a fake out in itself where we're thinking as the audience that he's going to be attacked possibly right here, but no, 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 not until at least he sees his dead comrade that the predator clearly just left there on purpose, whether that was to come back later to grab the trophy or whether that was to taunt Dylan further uh, with this deathly look. Yeah. And this, you're right. This sequence is just kind of setting off sort of Dylan's uh, kind of break, almost like a break from reality he's going to have here. I mean, not to spoiler alert, he's going to have a little meet up with the predator himself here yeah. pretty soon. Thank you. Um, and, yeah, and uh, the way that scene unfolds is is quite a bit different than the other death scenes, and I and we'll get into it more when we get there. But this is sort of a precursor to it, the, uh, you know, the, with that tilted camera, that zoom. It all sort of indicates kind of a almost like a dreamlike feel to it. Yeah, you know, especially with the camera sneaking up behind him right beforehand, it feels surreal. It feels sort of like it's supposed to be. Like he's kind of stepping out of his body a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which w- we're going to see carry over here pretty soon into the next minute. Uh, the, the, cam, <laughs> the cam work is the basis for this uh, very strong analysis video. Uh, the video is called Predator Spot the Subliminals, Dylan's Death Scene. It's by Rob Iger, whose YouTube user channel is Collative Learning. It's, it's well worth a checkout. He breaks down this scene, the whole Dylan death scene, just shot for shot, talking about different things like we've been talking about already with a tilting yeah. zoom, uh, with Mac staring back with his dead eyes to Dylan. 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 Uh, being, Dylan being face-to-face with uh, his own mortality and Mac's face. Mac. 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 Uh, so if, if you want more analysis of this death scene, go check out that video. I don't want to steal all this thunder, and I'm not going to drop in his audio from that video. Um, I figure it's worth a check out just to hear everything. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I, uh, I, I gave it a watch, and I good. felt vindicated because when I was analyzing this minute, I was thinking about the tilted camera and how it's kind of a horror trope, and then listened to his or watched his little video, and, and he... Uh, uh, said some of the same things. And I was like, Oh yeah, I did it. Yeah. I'm right. <laughs> uh, so, I something, felt very vindicated. something he didn't say, which I'll kind of take credit for is when the camera is zooming into max dead face, it is totally yeah. reminding me of what just happened of max fate when the lasers, you know, zipping into his head and 
blowing uh, up like an oil rig. I think it's 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 a callback, maybe a slight callback, maybe accidental callback, but it's a callback nonetheless for me to remind me Mac is killed by this projectile right to the face. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I didn't think yeah. about that. But, and I would say that anytime, anytime, anytime connection, he, Dylan hears the connection or Dylan hears the lion anytime, which the predator must have heard, even though it's one of the quietest uh, spoken lines in this whole movie. When right. Mac says it after uh, Mac stabs the scorpion off of Dylan's back, a long time ago, we're talking like minute oh, 34 or something like that. Um, but yeah. if, if we put that into context, one YouTube commenter said, oh, it's kind of like a callback to how easy Mac killed the scorpion off Dylan. Uh, it's almost like the predator is mocking Dylan with how easy it had in killing Mac. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting, but did Dylan ever hear him say anytime? Anytime. I don't know. Anytime. Do you think... That the anytime, anytime is something that Dylan is hearing in his head. Anytime. Whoa. Or do you think this is the predator playing a recording of Max saying it? Whoa. Or do you think this is just uh, artistic license by the director just throwing in sort of a dreamlike Mac over the top of the scene? Anytime. Oh, I think you're on or the summer. Anytime. Yeah, uh, it's I, if I remember correctly, I think the predator is mocking or is, uh, mimicking the voices in the script. But there's mm-hmm. nothing to say that on screen this is not just Dylan's psyche starting to break down now that Mac was killed. Yeah, that's the way I took it when uh, I watched it. Is that it was just something that that Dylan was hearing? But Dylan. when I think about it more, then I was like, well, wait, maybe it is the predator, especially the way he spins around, you know. But I don't know. He could be spooking himself. You know, people hear things when they're by themselves in the middle of the jungle in a stressful situation. Oh. So I don't know. Hmm. Oh, and that's tough. I guess it being open for interpretation is what makes it good. And I think anytime is the only thing he hears before his uh, little meet cute with the predator. Right. A little bit. Hmm, man, that's a good question. Yeah. Hmm. Predator men at listeners. listeners what do you think? Let Chime in. Know. Let us know. Is he actually hearing anytime or... Anytime. Uh, is it all in his head at this point? That's a good point. Oh, I like I like the introduction of that idea because it's never made clear here in the movie, and it's we're never going to know because spoiler <laughs> again, he dies a little bit later. <laughs> his voice, but we know the predator can mimic sounds. We know that much, at least. That's true. Uh, where do we hear? Do we not hear any mimicking until later on? I don't think we hear any mimicking until much, much later when Arnold is about to kill the predator. But I think all the, if I remember all the predator does is just laugh like Billy's mm. laugh. Hmm. Yeah. Or, or any, any mimics Arnold a little bit too. He says, what the hell are you? That's right. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think there's, anything beyond possibly this anytime. But we, yeah, I guess we do see the attempts to mimic also where, um, no, I guess we don't forget what I'm saying. I'm yeah. going to cut that last part out because yeah, it's hard so. to know. Yeah. It's, I think it's, I think it's intentionally ambiguous mm-hmm. um, and helps just to kind of add a little something to the scene, but mm-hmm. uh, it's fun to talk about. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Listeners, let us know. What do you mm-hmm. think? 
All right. Well, uh, what do we got? What else we got here? You got some commentary, or did uh, John McTee just sit quietly and, and sip his whiskey? What does he do? <laughs> uh, he is talking about the rating of the movie. He was saying that uh, they had to take some frames off of certain moments in order to secure mm-hmm. the R rating. Um, the Mac death in the previous minute was not filmed until pretty much the very end of filming. Um, I, I, I take that to mean they filmed like the laser scene. They just didn't film like the laser sight scene, but they just maybe didn't film like the actual head oil rig explosion until, right, right. <laughs> until uh, the end. Um, hmm. they, he says they had the lead up, but not the splat. Uh, and there are a number of things that McTiernan was able to cut out of the script and cut out of the producer's ideas that they just ended up putting in the sequel with the main thing being um, the inside of the spaceship where you see all the trophies and McTiernan didn't think that that could be pulled off without being excessively gross. Yeah. Uh, or in my mind, that's, that's just like way too sci-fi and way too out of this world all of a sudden to be throwing Arnold into the spaceship. It'd be cool to see in 1987, but it's also pretty also- Felt out of place, don't you think? Yeah, it felt out of place. place. The jungle setting, like everything happens in the jungle in this movie. There's no other settings. It's just the jungle. Right. Yeah. Um, I know 11 year old me would have loved that, but Mm -hmm. uh, more, I think I'm a more sophisticated movie watcher now. Would feel like that. That's just a little out of place. Let's just watch Predator 2. If you want to see the inside of a spaceship, right? See Predator 2. Yeah. And you can see it with Danny Glover wearing pleated pants as well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you can find a whatever a, a, an off what is the word i'm looking for offshoot a goof no an outtake of danny clever dancing in sp- said yeah. spaceship with all the predators that's, that's right quite fun yeah. to watch that. i think you did you retweet that the other day or maybe i did I yeah that was, that was cracking me up <laughs> it was like an outtake of danny glover dancing with all the predators yeah, so <laughs> the yeah it was great yeah <laughs> Uh, the one big goof from right here is that, um, and I've seen this quote, quoted around the internet, and it makes you think too after watching Mac die so many times like we have in the last minute, why doesn't Mac's head just look like a broken watermelon? Why does it look like yeah. it's all complete? And the explanation, I think the in canon, canon explanation is either that the laser makes a tiny little incision point and then a humongous exit wound, or the laser hit him in the neck and then out the back of the head, which, I mean, Mm. I don't really care about either explanation because I think this shot of him looking dead-eyed at Dylan counts way more than continuity. Yeah, I think it's just a little creative license so they can have this shot. You know, in both both cases, like the exploding head is a cool effect and that should be in the movie. And we also like Dylan finding the creepy eyes on Mac and that effect. So that should be in the movie. So, you know, there are times that directors are going to kind of say, well, this may not make logical sense, but for the film, for what our audience wants to see, this, this is what we're going to do. You mm-hmm. know, but I, I agree. Like with the way his head exploded <laughs> uh, from that blast, there should not be that much left. Yeah. Even when it we zooms should. in on his head, it's not like there's a bunch of, I don't know, ragged flesh. I hate to go into that much detail with Matt because I love him, but it's not like there's a whole bunch of like gore and brains dripping out the back from when mm. we zoom in. Mm. Just kind of blood-soaked clothing and log, and that's that's about it. All right. Well, 
Have we done it? I think we've done it. I'll save the script change for uh, Dylan's fate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, talk some recommends if you like. Sure. All right. Um, I was just thinking about my recommends and I was going <laughs> back and forth something. I think I'm going to recommend, um, I'm going to recommend a horror movie. Shocking. Uh, but I'm going to do an oldie but a goodie. And I'm actually going to recommend a series of horror movies. So recently, my wife and I were wanting to revisit um, a horror movie from the 2000s, uh, 2007, in fact. Uh, it's called, I don't actually know how people pronounce this, if they call it REC or R-E-C. But oh. it's an abbreviation for record. It's a, it's a found footage uh, horror movie. And uh, it's a pretty simple story. It's about a, a reporter who is following a group of um, firefighters for the night to do kind of this local news expose on the local fire department. And she follows them out to a call. And when they get there, they go inside this apartment building where a bunch of strange, violent things have been happening. And it seems like what we learn is it, it seems like people are becoming possessed with something and they end up getting locked in the building uh, basically as a way to quarantine them from the rest of the city and so then the found footage movie is is all through one camera following this woman and all the other people that are in this apartment building Uh, and it's really good and it's very well done and I'm sort of hot and cold on found footage movies sometimes I like them sometimes I don't and this is definitely one of the best ones and then I was also going to recommend the sequels. So after we watched REC, we went on and watched REC 2 and REC 3. Wait, wait, wait. Do they go back to the same place? So Rec 2 is a lot like how Halloween 2 just picks up exactly where Halloween 1 left off. Oh. Rec 2 picks up exactly where Rec 1 left off. But it's from the perspective of the police outside the building. Oh, so the police like body cams? Yes, exactly. And then follows them into the building once they think the once they think the everything is done. Mm. And so they go into the building basically in, in cleanup mode or try to figure out what happened. Turns out there's still things happening. And then Rec Three is uh, totally not in the timeline of the first two mer- movies and uh but is a little more has a little more comedy a little more tongue-in-cheek kind of mm. knows that it's the third in a series and uh, has a little more fun with the concept and uh is was a totally watchable fun horror movie so i had forgotten how good these films were and so any horror movie fan out there i strongly suggest going back and checking them out we had a blast re-watching the trilogy oh cool yeah I, I was thinking about found footage the other day and i was thinking do uh are there any other genres represented by found footage i know there's like the one action movie hardcore perry oh yeah but yeah, are there any true. other found footage i non-horror movies that you can think of non-horror movies i can't i oh. mean the cloverfield movie was kind of a monster movie. I don't oh, know yeah, if that's suppose, a horror yeah. movie, but like that's less blood and guts and more just like them running away from like a Godzilla-esque monster. Mm-hmm. I should mention that there is a fourth uh, REC movie, but it's very low budget. I've never watched it and it looks terrible. <laughs> but 
I can't say that for sure because I've never seen it. But if anyone out there is like, but there's four, I know I've just never seen it and it looks bad. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I can't think of any others. Can you think of any other found footage genre movies that are not horror? No, I could only think of uh, Hardcore Harry, where he's Hard, it's kind of like a... Hardcore Henry. Oh, Hardcore Henry. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Uh, but, but even that is like, I guess it is found footage because it's supposed to be like his body cam, kind of. Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm taking, I'm using found footage kind of loosely as in it's, yeah, someone's like perspective... Yeah, uh, I almost felt like watching a video game, you know, like yeah, like a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. It's probably the genre that, well, clearly, it's the genre that it works best in because you can kind of set up gags and jumps and surprises. Yeah, and that. and it's already like you're trying to make people as scared as possible. It's scarier than being in the shoes of the person experiencing these. Uh, horrific events oh well, well right. right right in right in listeners to predator minute at gmail.com with your uh, found footage finds what you got for us john on the recommends this week uh, well the other day i was uh, organizing my seating charts as you do on the break <laughs> as you do as you do and i uh watch kids the... up <laughs> good kids up front <laughs> uh, I love it when you get about two thirds of the way through the year, and that's what it turns into. Like, just put the good kids next to me. Yeah, you goofball, and sit back there. <laughs> yeah, I'll cut all that because it makes you sound terrible. But <laughs> <laughs> so back to your seating chart. Yeah, I was organizing the seating charts um, at night during the break. I uh, put on the Ryan Johnson written and directed movie Knives Out. I don't know if you've seen uh, that. I have seen that. I saw it in the theater. I, I really enjoyed it for what it was. Just a pretty much a straightforward, no frills murder mystery. And I, it's something I really enjoyed. And um, I really like the mansion setting. And I like the whole bevy of actors they used. Um, in my opinion, they kind of focused they pulled focus away from like the rest of the supporting crew as the movie went on and really focused on just a couple people uh, but I, I thought overall it was it was a really solid movie just very entertaining and really cleverly written as Ryan Johnson has proven to be a good writer and good director uh, so yeah high recommend for knives out yeah I really liked it too that's a good one um, I thought that script was just so clever mm-hmm. and not to give anything away but like part of the way through the movie you kind of learn a lot yeah <laughs> right and not to, i don't want to say what that is you learn but it's it's very important and it also feels like well what are they going to do for the rest of the movie now mm-hmm. and the way that the rest of the story unfolds is very clever and uh yeah i thought it was great yeah, oh yeah and the, and the highlight by far like everybody else has said is uh Daniel Craig as the Southern yes. lawyer. Oh, it just yes. so good. Just so fun. And you just tell, he's just chewing on that scenery every time he has something to say. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was fun. You know, if you think of him as Bond now so easily, it was fun to see him doing kind of just a fun, like caricature. Yeah. Um, caricature, you know, like really kind of having fun playing a completely different type. Yeah, once he opens his mouth in this movie, I felt like I couldn't think of him as Bond at all in the movie. It's like, is he? Yeah. He's just this character. I can't think, is it Benny? Ben, it's like Benoit. 
something. Oh, yes, I can't remember. Like a yeah. double B, but yeah, it was Benoit something. This maybe Cajun lawyer or something like that. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, good recommends, everybody. Thanks, thanks. Yeah. So uh, speaking of... Wait, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, speaking of recommends, where can we find you live recommending things on the Twitter? Ah, yes. Uh, well, I'm on the uh, Twitter sphere. Mm-hmm. You can find me there, uh, Carl underscore Hungus 314. My name is Carl been expert. And uh, yeah, I've been, uh, what have I been tweeting about lately? Yeah, oh. I, I retweeted I retweeted the Predator dancing. Predator <laughs> dancing. <laughs> uh, you know. Remember? Uh, I did that. Yeah. I uh, in in uh, a couple like a week and a half. I recommended this last last episode, but I'll be uh, doing a whole bunch of live tweeting for F this movie fest. So mm. watch out for that. When is that? Is hashtag. That- it's not this weekend, but next weekend, I believe. I okay. Sorry, I cut off your hashtag, which sounds very painful. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you said it was hashtag F this movie fest hashtag F this movie fest. Yes. You can find all the details for the all Twitter movie festival, uh, at F this It's very fun. It's yeah. just a good time. Saturday, March 7th. There it is. Be there. Okay. You can find predator minute on the Twitter sphere at predator minute. You can email the show like I talked about earlier predator minute at gmail.com and you can also join the discussion on facebook on our exclusive group predator minute mm-hmm. listeners society <laughs> you mean target the center of the palapa target the center of the palapa targets the center of the palapa thanks dylan dylan yeah. uh, so for all things predator minute 73 i've been john sabrisky and i am jeff glover and until next time Stick around. Stick around. No sport. No sport. No sport. No sport.